Hello and welcome to another episode of the Preferred Walk-Ons podcast. This is Michael McGraw. I'm here with Michael Shutt and wanted to remind everybody slash announce again that we're having a watch party for UVA basketball. They're playing Duke this weekend. Big game, Cameron Indoor Stadium. They'll be on the road, but we will be at Devil's Backbone in Charlottesville. You still work there, so tell us a little bit about what we should look to steal yeah well a little promo only one thing (laughs) teaser (laughs) ideally uh we are running a steal the pint promotion on saturday during this watch party we got some really cool custom devil's backbone backyard glasses uh with the uva color banner running around them i believe you can see those on the devil's backbone backyard facebook maybe even on the main devil's backbone instagram if i remember correctly they're pretty cool. I'm not gonna lie. Uh, I'm not even like a, not really a UVA fan, but I am very much looking forward to having one. They're just great glasses, and you get one as part of our steal the pint promotion again if you show up on Saturday. In addition to that, we have our normal game day specials. So these specials run an hour before tip off to an hour after the game. So five o'clock to probably nine, probably closing honestly on Saturday. Uh, all pints of beer will be four dollars and fifty cents. Can't beat that price. It, well, with good beer, you can get you get cheap beer around this town yeah, for cheaper than PBR. that. But uh, we got better stuff than that. So that's the, that'll be uh, again from five to nine. Four fifty beers. If you're wearing UVA gear, you get ten percent off your food. That's pretty cool. We got a new food menu. Lots of great stuff. Highly recommend the Cuban and the Bratwurst. And then um, if UVA wins, if UVA beats Duke riots first of all we're storming it you get the joy yeah we'll get there you get the joy of of beating duke but also you get 25 percent off devil's backbone merch so lots of great deals we got a new beer coming out this week so there's lots of exciting stuff happening come and hang out on saturday watch the game we'll be with chris from the saber if uva wins he will pull a blake henson and jump onto the bar and start just like Can't doing wait. the like silence to all the bartenders. <laughs> Can't that is a guarantee. Can't wait to see that. Uh, it'll be a blast. Um, we've had a really good time with the people who have come, but we'd like to see some more people out there. If you've never been, this seems like a great game to come come watch there. Uh, you know, like enjoy it with some people. I, I almost hesitate to say this, but if it doesn't go well, you get to commiserate with people. There's a lot there that can be enjoyed some live analysis uh, you get to ask chris questions if you hate us um, that's fine too but we like to answer questions we have to talk basketball and uh it'll be a blast yeah, i'm excited i'm at more excited for that game and that watch party environment even though there's a less chance uva will win whereas i feel like the uva boston college game tomorrow night is just going to be me white knuckling the entire experience <laughs> win or lose it's just going to be like oh god please don't blow it but like saturday it's like hey no one expects us to win just go into cameron indoor and uh, have some fun with friends in the evening it's, since it's an evening game that yeah. should be fun too a little bit different vibe than you know drinking at noon not that there's anything wrong with that but no. no i think it'll be it'll be a ton of fun and we're really excited and i don't know maybe you'll have a better chance maybe kyle filipowski will still be quote sore you know, that's a great transition because I don't think we're on the record about this. And I think it was the great Edmund Burke who said, 
the only thing necessary for evil to triumph in the world is that good men do nothing. Mm-hmm. So I think we need to be on the record, very clear about our stances on court storming. Where are you on court storming? Do I have to just give the short version right no, now? I mean, we're, we have our own podcast. We generally can, we can be a two hour. Version. I'm generally pro, but under certain circumstances. So if, if we're just looking big picture, right? So like John Shire and Bill Self and some other people are like, just ban it. That's that's a bad take. I'm so sorry. For, for context, uh, Wake Forest beat Duke over the weekend. If you haven't seen, you know all of the commentary about this wake forest fans stormed the court like they were on the court before zeros at the clock they were like halfway on the yeah, court that's bad and then ran through kyle Pil- filipowski who immediately went down with an injury duke's trainers had to go like save him from the sea of tie-dye and uh pulled him off the court they said he had an ankle injury then a knee injury and now Perhaps seems like he might be okay, which is great. I'm he's glad. sore. He's I'm gl- sore. I'm glad he's okay. I'm glad there's not a major injury. He's questionable. For we're uh, all questionable. For Win- <laughs> Every day we're questionable. He's questionable for Wednesday's game. Or, or I'm sorry, his status is up in the air. Look, this is where I land on court storming. I think it's a it's a cool part of college sports, not just with basketball. Right, rushing the field and football happens all the time. I think this is fun. It's exciting. But we've got to hold programs, schools accountable for if you're hosting a game for the home team having procedures in place to protect players and, and protect officials. The Bill Self thing, you know, his his experience with this goes all the way back to 2012. There was a referee that got uh, suffered a broken arm after Iowa State stormed the court. And so bad things can happen. I understand we have got to prioritize safe prioritize safety when it comes to court storming getting rid of it i don't think is the answer but you well, see, there's also no easy way to get rid of it sure like what if you're just going to find the school like right. that's not going to stop people i mean i think most of there are 11 conferences throughout the country that fine home schools for court storming the acc is not one of them but there are procedures we can hold schools accountable you know in some of the discourse around this on social media i've seen a lot of stuff around schools that do have uh, really good procedures and there was one, I think it was UConn, or a school that upset UConn. I think UConn was involved in some way, where there's this picture of the security team doing a fantastic job mm-hmm. of roping off the opposing team's bench so that they are able to safely get off the court. One of the biggest problems here is that the Wake fans stormed the court before the game was over. That should be a technical foul. It should. Like you, The game is going on. You can't have fans on the court. So there has to be accountability, and some of it, may need to be on-court accountability in a situation like that. If you're on the floor before the game is over, technical foul, now what does this look like? Mm -hmm. Because if they're on the court with two seconds left, Duke gets two free throws on the ball in a game that was a four-point win, maybe that changes it. That would be absolutely wild. (laughs) But if it's something where... But you know the refs are also running for their lives too, so they're not yeah. like they're not trying to call a technical foul. Which is why it just we've got to we've got to establish some accountability for having procedures in place to prevent this from happening early and to, to make sure that players and referees can get off the court safely. So what I'm hearing from you is that you agree with Jay Billis that everyone should be thrown in jail for court storming. Just let them storm the court and then be like you're all under arrest. Yeah, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna do that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's how we stop it. Just arrest thousands of people 
for storming the court. For having fun. My uh, friend, Kenny, who occasional listener of the podcast, who's a Duke grad, he texted immediately after. Immediately. As soon as this happened, <laughs> everyone's immediately like, oh my gosh, what happened to Kyle Filipowski? He goes, he's faking it. Brilliant strategy for him to change, change the narrative about the game. And I was like, you know what? That's crazy. And then now I'm hearing kind of Kyle Filipowski may not really be as hurt. Uh, And listen, I don't want people Zapruder filming this like and saying like he initiated it. Like there were literally there were literally hundreds of kids storming. Like how of course he shoved somebody or whatever. He was just trying to get away. Yes. yes. I don't know. So that part I don't like. But here's my idea. I've seen takes about what to do about it. Roping off seems like you're just passing the buck to security people to possibly get injured 80 year old who's yeah. got a yellow vest on. yeah i like i don't i don't feel great about that either i've seen people say like let's put 30 seconds on the clock and then you do a storming i don't know that doesn't really seem like it's going to work either here's what i think they should do you know sometimes they have events like get to come down to the baseball field and run the bases sure. afterwards it takes like 10 minutes to do give everybody like five minutes have the band play some you know peppy tunes the alma maters get everybody all fired up and then if fi- they bring on like let's say a couch onto midcourt <laughs> and then at five minutes everybody can just attack the couch or a car or flip the car over or whatever it is yeah but all the players have gone away but everyone would have a reason to stay and still like get out that like on the court on the court experience now would somebody get hurt from a car being flipped over at half court would that cause property damage i don't know there's only one way to find out as long as it's not an athlete as long as it's not kyle filipowski (laughs) then we'll be safe in the locker room i think you do what uh university of south carolina every year before they play clemson they do what the tiger burn Mm -hmm. they build a big old tiger and just set it on fire i think if you're playing a big if duke's coming to town you build a i don't know big pinata that's a blue devil yeah i think pinata give everyone pinata may be the move Give everybody a <laughs> bat, maybe even a lead pipe. Uh, no, but <laughs> something, something along those lines. I, I don't, I don't hate that. I don't hate that at all. But I just think getting rid of it is stupid. Also, how are you going to get rid of it? No, you're not. They're just going to do it. There are places that do not allow it, where they find like where it's technically against the rules, and it still happens. So I just don't think you're going to fully get rid of this. One of my all-time favorite college memories, UVA upset UNC, and I was at old U-Haul, and I was one of the first people on the court because I was camping out for games even though UVA was terrible, and I absolutely did not need to camp out for any of the games. But Todd Billett sprinted down the court and jumped into my arms. Literally, I was hugging Todd Billett. I love that. And you're going to take that away from me? No, I I was actually going to arrest me for that, Jay Billis? (laughs) I was going to ask if you had ever stormed the court. I, I think that is the only time. Actually, I think that was the same year that UVA was like kind of bubble adjacent, and they also upset Wake with Skip Prosser was still the coach. Mm. And so they, they won that, and then they beat UNC back-to-back and kind of got back in the bubble discussion. So I, I think they stormed it twice right in a row my freshman year. It was uh, the only two times, I think. Yeah, so I got to do it twice which no one time sorry there were two good opportunities to do it and one time it actually happened and that was 2011 this was a big moment so i went to elon university you know for people who don't know harvard of the southeast pretty people have said pretty small but division one at the time 
we were in the Southern Conference with Davidson and UNCG and, and schools of Furman. 2011, my sophomore year of college, the University of South Carolina came to Elon. And that was a big deal. Like, we didn't get Power 5 teams that came through and played in our tiny – they have a new facility now that's really nice and pretty big. We had a tiny-ass gem. And we beat South Carolina, and we stormed the court. We were on Sports Center Top 10, the end of the game and the court storming, and I was on Sports Center. There you go. Because very small crowd. I mean, it was full, but small gem. And we stormed the court. just you being led away in handcuffs. <laughs> <laughs> it was a blast. It was a blast. And then beat South Carolina uh, in Columbia the following year. That mm. I would have loved to storm the court then. The only other opportunity that it, it absolutely would have happened, and this would have been so justified was the following year they played UMass at home and UMass was ranked 15th in the country at the time Elon ended up losing by 10 but we were ready I mean that game was close in the second half and like it was kind of like oh my god we are gonna raise hell we think it was on like ESPNU so ESPN was there it was a whole it was a whole thing but uh, we did not win that game, so didn't get to do it then. So it was, it was just the South Carolina game. It's the only time I've stormed a court. We wanted to. I was at an NC State football game uh, when they beat Florida State on a last-second play. Mike Glennon to Brian Underwood, touchdown to win that game. It's the one with the famous clip of the fat guy waving. The, his, yeah. mm-hmm. But Carter Fenley, they're real. They really don't want you to storm the field. And it's a big drop from the – <laughs> yeah, some of the heights are like a good yeah. natural deterrent. I saw somebody on Twitter say that they should take the bushes that are around, like the hedges around oh, yeah. um, Georgia and put those around basketball. Have we arenas. thought about an electric fence? Ooh. Everybody, when you come in, everyone you, you has to a wear collar. a collar. <laughs> Scarts, as soon as you start moving up, Ooh. hold, hold, nah, sit, stay. I don't know, man. Let's just figure out a way to make it happen safely. It's going to happen. It's fun. Just come on. It's not It's not a great look for Wake, and it totally detracted from the game after the fact. A game that Duke lost in Wake won, and Wake should be in the tournament. So yeah, good for agree. them. And UVA beat Wake, so UVA should be in the tournament. Agree. <laughs> Hope they can hang on. Before we get into any of that, I did want to talk about something that happened last night, which I, uh, I'm not sure if you saw or not, but... Big story yesterday, Mississippi Valley State. Hell yeah, Andre. The Delta Devils, the last remaining team in the D1 ranks to win a basketball game. Yeah. Not just win a basketball game against D1 competition. No. Win a game, period. They are 1-27. They beat Prairie View A&M last night. Huge upset, 57-51 game. Congratulations to the Delta Devils. But not only did that allow them to win the game and, you know, just have that story, that wasn't enough for you. It also means now that the entire circle of suckitude or parody, whatever you want to call it, we can now make a circle with all 362 teams with like this team beat this team. Yeah, this yeah, team yeah. could be all the way back. So uh, referencing at Franklin is bored which is a great Twitter name, mm-hmm. by the way. Absolutely. Give him a follow. He mapped this out. It's amazing. Like, going clockwise. I don't know if you've seen this or not, but UVA, their wins beating Texas A&M, that's where they got on the list, mm-hmm. and having lost to Notre Dame, 
NC State for you lost to Brigham Young, but yep. beat Boston College. That's the little parts of the wheel right there. But it goes through all 362 games. So no matter where you are in this wheel, you can make the argument that you're better than everybody else. Yeah. I What a stupid sport. Why do I care <laughs> about this? I love it. I think that is... It, it's a really cool graphic, first of all, if you can go see it. Also, the thing that came out of that, if you haven't seen clips of the broadcast team from Mississippi Valley State announcing that game, <laughs> you need to. And we need to put them on the Final Four. Like, if we're not putting Gus Johnson announcing the Final Four, in fact, you know, because you got to have somebody, these are like college kids. If you got to have like a seasoned professional, put Gus Johnson with these two fellas because. The clip, the one that I love is them with like, there's 28 seconds left in the game and they're up, I think like four or five and the guy, they're just both like shaking and the guy's just <laughs> like, Andre, Andre, I just can't take it. Like, we're so close. It's going to happen. I don't know what to say. And it's the whole time, like their, their excitement. I, I don't know. That's what we need. We need that. And I mentioned Gus Johnson too, because my second favorite clip of an announcer this week was him with when Tristan yeah Tristan Newton got a triple double for UConn and Gus is just standing up like screaming his head off and just like pointing out there like that guy absolutely bet on the game you know he had to have had some kind of like prop no, bet for I, a triple double I don't think that's true I think he's always like that you know and and, and evidence suggests that and I think he just genuinely loves this shit. I do love that about Gus. He can just get naturally excited in a way that, not to pick on Al Michaels, but no matter what happens <laughs> in a game that Al Michaels is doing, it's just like, and the Chiefs won the Super Bowl. Right. Yeah. And it's like, okay, come on, big bird. <laughs> like, you have some energy. Give me a little bit more. Uh, yeah, more Gus Johnson. I think he should call everything. I want Gus Johnson to narrate my Wednesdays mm. or any day, really. I just, tomorrow's Wednesday. Here he is in the kitchen. Cadillac shut. Oh, look at the way he just toasted that English muffin. <laughs> well, congratulations to Mississippi Valley State. You know, there's still a chance for them. If they can win their conference tournament, hey. there's still a chance to get in. Strange, their stranger ticket. things have happened. I say with a question mark. I, I actually know. don't Maybe think the stranger things have happened. No. Well, that might be a good lead into just briefly talking about UVA having some struggles here. It's weird to find ourselves on the bubble. It occurs to me that really at no point in my life has UVA been a bubble team. Welcome, they, my friend. They've either been god-awful, not approaching the bubble. I mentioned the brief period where they were like adjacent to the bubble sure. in a way that like Miami is adjacent to the bubble right now, which is yeah. like no one thinks that they're going to be in. But I'm, know, I'm reminded of uh, Dark Knight Rises and mm -hmm. Bane. You've merely adopted the darkness. <laughs> I was born in it. <laughs> the bubble is where NC State fans live. Mm -hmm. So welcome. Yeah, what, what do I do? What do I need can't to, wait to watch you guys play in the first four? Honestly, um, I take it at this point. So here's here's now. Nah, okay, go ahead and sign me up. Pros and cons to being on the bubble. Con is you're going to be stressed all the way through Selection Sunday. Yeah, I'm feeling that right now. Okay. Pro Selection Sunday becomes meaningful. And it's exciting. I watching Selection Sunday with your team on the bubble both sucks. I've seen you when NC State didn't get selected. <laughs> yeah, it so didn't that, seem that fun. That part's real rough. But if it's bubble time and it's Selection Sunday and your team does get selected, 
that's so much more fun than just being like, oh, we're a four seed. Mm-hmm. Like last year, you knew you were in. Right. It was just a matter of where you were going to fall, whatever. Was Selection Sunday exciting for you? Um, No. I mean, it was like you make plans, sure. you finalize your plans, but then you got a bunch of questions like, oh, what's going to actually right. happen? So buckle in. You pick a wedding date, and then it's like, <laughs> oh, is it going to rain? Buckle in, because this Selection Sunday, barring UVA winning the ACC tournament, Mm-hmm. This one's going to be fun for you. Or it's going to be, sorry, let me rephrase that. <laughs> it's going to be exhilarating. It's going to be. <laughs> it's going to be eventful. It's going to be adrenaline pumping. Next con, let's say, because right now, according to everybody's favorite bracketologist, Joe Lenardi, he's got you in the first four okay. playing against Seton Hall as one of the last four teams in. Okay. That is tough. Like watching a first four game because you, you go from the just pure unbridled joy of selection Sunday of like, Oh my God, we're in to then when the first four comes around and your game pops up on that, like Tuesday, you're like, wait, it doesn't really feel like we're in. Mm -hmm. We have to win this game. A Mississippi Valley state or something is playing (laughs) right. Texas Southern. It's always Texas Southern. It always is. They're a 16 or my favorite is one of the ones that he has projected right now as a 16 seed in the first four. And I think they're always there. Little rock. Mm. always mm-hmm. uh, shout out to Derek Fisher so so you go to that point of like oh my team's not really in now we have to beat in the Lenardi universe Seton Hall okay Shaheen Holloway March Madness darling from his run with St. Peter's so that sucks right <laughs> but then the pro comes around you win your first four game and honestly everything else is gravy mm-hmm. like you win a first four game to make it in you can literally run down the streets just screaming. The haters said we couldn't do it. <laughs> Nobody thought we'd be here. It would get people off Tony Bennett's back. Like, he hasn't won a tournament game since the national championship. And whatever happens next is icing on the cake. You're no longer in that position where, I'm, and I'm so sorry to open the wound, but you're not the four seed mm-hmm. scared about an upset to Furman or whatever, right? Now, you're the underdog. So now it's you get to be in that position, which like when's the last time you've been there as like been a minute a true so now you're an eleven seed that makes it through and you're playing Dayton, a team that just lost to Mason Nation, right? Their first ranked win at home. So like now you almost have a path that feels it's kind of doable. You get to get that sixteen that six seed. You could maybe beat them. Then you get one of these three seeds that nobody believes. Otherwise, in. if you're the one seed, let's just say you're the one seed in that that region. Where if we're going through the Lenardi verse, you're drawing like Florida Atlantic in the second round, and mm. and God, you don't want them. Nope. So like, I think this is a win overall. Yeah, talked me into yeah, it. Yeah, just squeak into the I tournament and be happy. VCU uh, made a run all the way through from the play in to the final four. Why not? I think not sometimes us? just making it is enough. I think that's kind of where I'm at. I want this team to have some tournament experience because their defense has played well enough to be in the tournament and where they've come from. I mean, we saw them get destroyed by Notre Dame, by Memphis, by some of these teams, just pick them apart offensively. Wake Forest early in the season. They've come so far defensively and now their offense has just completely abandoned them. They can't score three straight games under 50 points which is not great at all. And I get UVA fans' frustration with that, which I want to come back to in a second, but you would like to see also Ryan Dunn, Reese Beekman, who have NBA prospects, get at least some opportunity to play in the tournament. 
together. Absolutely. Like that's that's what I want. Even yeah. if it results in a seven ten game that doesn't go our way, like I don't know. Just I want them in the tournament. I I agree. I I think, uh, and, and my point is, I just think it's nice to have that be the only pressure, and not the ongoing pressure of being in the tournament and like, oh no, this could go terribly wrong. Now it's just like, hey, we'll already be thinking that anyway. It's supposed to go wrong if you're an eleven seed. You're not supposed to win. So everything else is, like I said, it's gravy. I don't know. Obviously, you want to have had a great season and be a top seed, I, like, clearly. But also, I don't know. This isn't all bad. Now you got to take care of business to make sure. Yeah, we got to beat Boston College. And yeah. we got to win against Georgia Tech. And maybe if you don't beat Duke. I mean, if you beat Duke, I feel a lot better about it. Oh, but, that locks you in. But uh, maybe win a tournament game or so, ACC tournament game. Yeah, it was very disappointing, the, the UNC game, because I felt like the defense, if you just looked, if you gave me UNC's box scores before the game and said, this is what UNC is going to do. They're going to score 54 points. RJ Davis is going to shoot one for 14. Armando Baycott is going to sit the last 12 plus minutes of the first half because he's in foul trouble. I would have bet my life savings on UVA to win the game. It was one of UNC's lowest shooting percentages in a win for them in history. Mm -hmm. And their offense, uh, UVA's offense was just terrible. Like it's terrible. Now, again, I want to push back a little bit on some UVA fans. UVA Twitter, y'all, y'all know who you are, but there was some real real spicy takes uh after this we're firing tony it's like people think that tony has to change everything we this won't work you gotta evolve with the times blah 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 blah. okay i hear all that i get you score 44 points and it's not it's not fun to watch it's not fun i'm sure it wasn't fun for him to coach either what would you like him to do differently do you want to play a fast-paced game against north carolina is that the way to to win that game is to go, try to run up and down the court? Mm, no, I don't think so. I think that's a recipe to lose by 30 points against a team that does it way better than you. The basic thing is this team doesn't have enough people who can shoot the ball really well. If you want to criticize Tony for anything, I would say the people that he got in the offseason, the transfers, are not good enough players, have, or at least are not good enough players right now, to match up against upper-tier talent and don't have enough scores on the roster. That I'll listen to. I'll at least listen to some criticisms of the play of Eli Gertrude. Like, I don't think... That was interesting. Here's what I'll say about that. Like, it is a little confusing to me for him not to play for a huge stretch of time and then play major minutes in a game like this. Like, that's Down the stretch of the game. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I... Granted, he gave a lift in the game, so maybe that was just kind of like go with the go with the tide. But it, it is a little bit weird to to do that. But I also think is exciting. I'm very pro Gertrude. I think he's going to be a really great player. He has a lot of like bounce to him and defensive prowess. But like he can't shoot either. So it's not like you're just leaving some knockdown shooter off the court that you haven't been playing all year. So like even that, it's just like I think Tony knows what he has, and what he has is a team that's a bubble team. And that can be excruciatingly frustrating when you can't score. But also, like, I don't know what the solution is. The solution is not on this roster. The solution is to develop your young players and hit up the portal, try to get two or three more players next year, and go from there. 
And I mean, legitimate criticism, right? To point out roster construction, it's part of coaching. So if that's the perspective, great. But I don't know. Have you ever considered that maybe Tony could just like make his players score more? Hmm. (laughs) I wonder if they like, do they even practice free throws? Uh, Probably not. Probably not. There was just a lot of takes. Like, I I totally get it. I was sitting there seething during the game, too. It was very frustrating. There's just a lot of people are like, Tony refuses to play modern basketball. And it's like, sure. I don't... We, we have one shooter. Sure. We have one person, really, and, and, who can and make And so, threes. again, if, if the framing of the argument is that he did not construct the roster in a way that is in line with modern basketball, mm-hmm. you've at least entered into a sane discourse look if we could sit down and talk to tony bennett right now and we asked him hey coach why is it that you just feel like we shouldn't have shooting on this team (laughs) i don't think that's his perspective at all i think he would love to have look andrew roadie was supposed to be able Mm -hmm. to bring that dynamic and he's been a major disappointment i think you know just from my perspective when i watch him i don't know how actual uva fans feel and i i I have nothing against i can tell you yeah I don't mean to call the kid out like I think I'm sure he's a great kid he works hard clearly I think you know he he brings some some good things to this team and I would say he's going to be a major part of the program like I I think he just wasn't ready this year for that sure it's an adjustment you know and I think that is difficult to deal with and we've talked about it ad nauseum on here but sometimes transfers pan out and sometimes they don't and he may never pan out (laughs) like let's be real like it's possible that the guy just isn't cut out for ACC basketball, however we want to phrase it. And, and I, I don't wish that on him, but it is possible. It's also possible that next year with a different role, because it will be a different role because the roster is going to change, that it looks different. I think that they weren't expecting to get a 27.5% three-point shooter. I think they were expecting to get someone who contributed even a little bit more playmaking. I mean, it, that's has been a positive in his game, but I don't know that it's been quite to the level that that was expected. I think they expected to get more scoring punch from Dante Harris. I I think that that's pretty clear. I think they probably expected to get more consistency from Jordan Miner. We've talked about him as being a major factor in, in a couple of stretches through the season, but I think he hasn't consistently been the guy that, that maybe they wanted. I think Ryan Dunn offensively has been less consistent than they would like. I mean, he has that was a, a story in the preseason about how much he had worked on his shooting and how like there were videos of him. Twenty one percent from three. Yeah. I mean, he's not close and not looking to shoot those shots. He's not ready to shoot those shots, which is OK. It's OK. It's just. And, and, and again, if, if you want, if you're dying to be critical of this coaching staff, and this is so funny because I'm I'm the guy who's like always been the hey, let's take a reality check on Tony Bennett. I think he's really good. But let's not maybe like put him up there as the greatest of all time because a couple a couple short years ago, the same people on UVA Twitter, I think had some pretty unhinged takes on the opposite end of the spectrum mm-hmm. that Tony Bennett could do no wrong and everything, every decision he makes and everything is perfect about him. Like you and I have had that conversation. I know that you you are a rational person. You don't necessarily fall into that, but total side note but if you are ever if any person finds himself in a position where you can be considered part of insert team here twitter uva twitter nc state twitter 
uh, Atlanta Braves Twitter, Washington Capitals Twitter, you're wrong. Like, just if you're so invested. Twitter is doing so well, <laughs> and then these people are making it unfun to be on. <laughs> if you're so invested in it, and you have so many takes about your sports team that you're part of, like, that's what you're part of, just, like, take a take a breath, go touch some grass. It's not that serious, but. At PWO pod. Yeah. Side note. <laughs> All of that aside, all of that aside, it's wild to me that I'm the one who's like, hey, guys, Tony Bennett knows what he's doing because he definitely does. And did he miss on some things? Sure. Could you argue that maybe I've seen some takes out there about like maybe some staff change ups should happen? Yeah. Should he bring somebody in who maybe approaches offensive basketball in a slightly different way who could help bring a different perspective to recruiting? It doesn't even have to be scheme stuff. But just like changing up what what type of people we th- that you're looking at as a program, maybe all of that conversations that are worth having. But let's not get crazy. If not for Tony Bennett and the way that he coaches basketball, these expectations aren't even there. If not for the way that Tony Bennett coaches basketball, nobody on a national scale is talking consistently about UVA at this point. Like. We can go back to pre Tony Bennett years. We're literally the only thing is Ralph Sampson. It's like just yeah, on the do, broadcast. Is that what we want to go back Ralph to? Sampson. Like yeah, that's, that's fine, guys. If you're that upset about it, we can go back to that. But don't. How quickly we forget where UVA was pre Tony Bennett. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sometimes I just want to say to fans, sit down, shut up, and be thankful. You have won a national championship in the last four years, five years, whatever. Accept it. You're not going to win it every year. One team out of 362, whatever it is, wins this thing. Your down year is you're on a decent side of the bubble, probably still in, and you're upset that you're having a bad year. Trust me, as an NC State fan, let me just tell you, you'd rather be in a position where I'm sorry, but looking at this team, you don't have the talent, but you still feel like you should be in the tournament and are probably in. Versus I look at the team that I pull for, and we absolutely have the talent and still are not going to make the tournament. It's wild to me to think that looking at this roster, you have Reese Beekman, Ryan Dunn. They are upper-tier college basketball players, and at least one, probably both pros, definitely both pros, at least one NBA player there. Isaac McNeely, who was an upper-tier college basketball shooter. Other than that... There's not a whole lot there. Got some guys. The fact that we're having this conversation is a testament to how good Tony Bennett is. I'm going to stop defending him now because yeah. I just feel like it's crazy that I have to. But like you have made probably the best coach in the ACC. Just sit down and shut up. And, and if you don't make it, sorry, you'll be back. I promise. That's kind of where I'm at, too. I mean, again, fans will fan. And I in the moment, I was you know silently cursing why we couldn't make a single shot and went eight minutes without scoring in the first half in a very winnable game but also like come on people let's be ready for boston college let's let's get that win and then see where we go yeah absolutely i mean like and and don't get me wrong you can be frustrated i get it (laughs) this is what you need to do hire kevin keats to be an assistant and handle your recruiting because duke can recruit his butt off he'll get you the guys at least offensively is that what you want you want you want to have a guard who scores thirty points a game and you still lose because you could, <laughs> we could, we could. It could be like, us. There's there's a flip side to this. Is my point. You could be frustrated by scoring forty four points and losing, or you could be frustrated by giving up ninety and losing. So which one do you want? <laughs> I just 
it's so stupid to me. You've won twenty games. You're gonna be you're gonna be in the tournament. I'm sorry. Like I I would put money on that right now. Let's do it. Sure, I can't legally. Oh, well, that's true. No, not neither of us can legally. I know a guy. <laughs> um, Birdie Madoff is your bookie. <laughs> to transition from basketball for a minute to football, you got to say a lot of things about my team. So I'm going to give you a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity for your school, NC State. Okay. Bookies have now, speaking of bookies, have now come out with the odds for making the 12-team college football playoff. Mm-hmm. Obviously, some of the names up there you would expect. Ohio State's at minus 1,000, not getting a lot of value of Ohio State making the 12-team playoff. Clemson, minus 250. Florida State, minus 250. Clear favorites in the ACC. And then, next ACC team, not counting Notre Dame because they're not an ACC team, pick a side, is NC State at plus 500. Now... We've discussed already multiple times on this podcast how you are preparing for NC State to make the playoff, and they've had a very successful offseason, getting some talented uh, transfer players in. Grayson McCall going to come in and sling the ball around from Coastal Carolina. How much money are you going to put on plus 500, NC State? At least 20 units. Like <laughs> This team is making the playoff. I, I saw that and I was like, "Oh boy, this is this is going to be an issue. This I, is we're going to have to have a conversation about this." I need you to understand how hard I'm trying to contain my enthusiasm for this team. Mm-hmm. Now, let me let me just before you get into this, I just say, say. <laughs> there is a pattern of preseason being very excited about it, and, and sure, that's great. I think fans should be excited about their teams. If you recall, you were saying that there were some Heisman candidates that were on the roster last year and that people like MJ Morris, for example, quarterback, who ended up being the backup quarterback for most of the year, would be a Heisman candidate. Casey Concepcion. His career isn't over. I'm just Casey Concepcion was the best freshman wide receiver in the country I, I, last I, year. I'm not saying he wasn't. I'm just saying you have a blind spot a little bit for this. But... You know, but that being said, go ahead. You're containing your excitement. I'm gonna, I'm gonna push back a little on the idea that I have a blind spot. It's the biggest I, wide open spot. I was wrong about MJ Morris. Although his career's not over, he could go win a Heisman at Maryland. No, I, I no, hope thank not. You. <laughs> I was wrong about MJ Morris. I will totally own that. I think that I do get excited about NC State football in the last couple of years. I definitely have gotten excited about them. I don't think that I'm often super wrong about them i think at the end of the season final outcome of the year was fairly in line with where i thought we would be last year Uh, like i will own all day being wrong about mj morris you know we dropped some games i didn't think we should have last year but like i was right about concepcion like he was the the best freshman wide receiver in the country like bar none i said from the beginning that peyton wilson may be the best defensive player in the country and like he won the awards to back it up I think that team had a lot of things that that had me excited. This year, this team is different, man. You look at that roster, the recruiting they did at the skill positions. So this was a problem last year. Like Brennan Armstrong played fine. He wasn't, other than Concepcion, there just wasn't a ton of talent at the skill positions. Now you add Noah Rogers, transfer from Ohio State, five-star recruit coming out of high school. 
Wesley Grimes, transfer from Wake Forest, four-star recruit coming out of high school. And then three four-star freshmen, plus Concepcion, plus the tight end Justin Jolie from UConn was the best tight end in the transfer portal. And then they recruited a tight end that was a three-star, four-star, whatever. Tight ends don't get super high ratings. Skill positions are loaded. Running backs. Got Jordan Waters from Duke as well as Hollywood Smothers from Oklahoma. Both highly rated recruits coming out of high school. Both, well, Jordan Waters, super productive college player. I could see being concerned about the defense. You lose some guys. But Aiden White, who entered the transfer portal initially, came back. (laughs) Like, he is a a top-level cover corner in the ACC. You're adding safeties and linebackers from SEC schools that are transferring. Like Cam Riley from Auburn just transferred in yesterday. 6'5 linebacker who physically fits the profile that Peyton Wilson fit, picked us over Florida State to play his final year of college football. That's a pretty big deal. It comes down to Grayson McCall. Quarterback from Coastal comes in to run the show for a year. ESPN put this thing out that was how every top 25 team could make the playoff. NC State's in there, and their biggest thing was I mean, you win the ACC year in with the new structure, but also winning on the road. You know, early week two, they play Tennessee and Charlotte. We talked about that game. You win that game, I'm going to be unbearable. If I'm just telling you right now, I, I probably already am. I get it. Like, it's annoying. But if if State beats Tennessee and Charlotte in that game, I'm just, I don't even know. Like, I, I, I have a hard time imagining how I'm going to react to that. But I think even if and even if they're unable to win that, even if they're unable to win the ACC, if Florida State wins the ACC, which wouldn't surprise me, that's going to be tough. I still think if you beat Clemson, an at-large spot is not like if you win the other games, right? If you take care of business when you're supposed to, I don't know, man. I just think there's an option there. And I just it's it's really exciting, but it's it's scary too because I'm like I might have big level disappointment here. Hmm. I don't um, think it's likely that they're going to be a complete bust. Whether they make the playoff or not, yeah, I think there's BC. too much talent there for them to yeah. be a bad team. They're not going to be like Barring a six injuries. and six yeah. team, probably. What what struck me about this list is, like, imagine that you went into a coma ten years ago and you're just waking up and somebody immediately, like, a really unhinged family member, the first thing they want to show you <laughs> is this list of, they know how much you love college sports betting. And they're like, you're like looking at the list and you're like, oh, Ohio State, they're the favorite. That's, makes you know, sense. makes sense. Georgia. Oh, okay. Oh, they yeah. leveled sure, up a little sure, bit. Sure. Oregon, Texas. Hey, Texas is back. That's cool. <laughs> wow. That's interesting. Alabama's at plus 225. That, did Nick Saban <laughs> retire? Oh, just now? Oh, that's interesting. And then right now below Alabama is Louisville at plus 225 mm. and Kansas at plus 250. <sighs> Like, that would be the part that I think I would go back into a coma. Just, like, my brain would shut off. And be yeah. like, I'm sorry, Kansas is basically the same odds to get in the playoff as Alabama? Beep. That's that's a little wild to me. Yeah, that is. We're mm. definitely going to be better than Kansas. Arizona's plus 200. Mm. Well, I mean, their guys came back, their which guys was a little back, surprising. But also, like, that's just kind of crazy. I like Ole Miss plus 175. Jackson Dart, man, just got his NIL Private jet. jet NIL. Private jet NIL. <laughs> Tell how who's gonna beat him? Tell yeah. me how you're gonna beat that. Yeah, he's gonna be able to like I read some stuff about that and he gets hours of use of a private jet to fly to training and things like that. Like that dude's gonna be that that's incredible. He's doing it right. 
The NIL if stuff. If you sign an NIL with a local car dealership, like you screwed up. Jackson Dart has got this figured oh, out. Oh, wow. You got like the local taco guy. Oh, that's <laughs> cool. Funny. Yeah, just load him up in the jet. <laughs> load up my PJ for me to go <laughs> to this like charity event. And then I got a training thing in California. And then I'll be back for the game against Georgia. That's pretty good. That's, uh, that's amazing. Yeah. Anyway, I'm excited about college football now. Me too. I saw this list and it instantly just made me excited about it. Yeah. I mean, the, the whole thing is thrilling. I I do think, I, you know, I think I've already done this one time, but talking about this does make me feel the need to issue an apology to Dave Doran because I did. He did hear. Technically call for his firing at one point last year. And I think he heard and was motivated. Yeah. It was bulletin board material. I think I pushed him really. So you're welcome. So he sh- yeah, you should be thanking you. <laughs> to turn things around. And now, like, I-, I mean, genuinely, like, in my entire life that I've really been paying attention to NC State football, I've never felt the way I do now about this program. And you've got a transfer quarterback that's exciting. And then there's a force. Like, I was reminded of this today. They started spring practice today. I saw videos of stuff. And it's like, oh, yeah, we also have a four-star quarterback that's backing him up. And there's a four-star committed for next year. That is like, no, I'm definitely coming. I was like, I'm not changing just because there's another guy. Like, and we have never had that where like you have multiple top level prospects at the most important position of the game who are wanting to come play for you. Enjoy Maryland, MJ. I just College Park is beautiful in October. <laughs> <laughs> like, Jesus Christ, man. Hey, speaking of college football, mm. how excited are you about this video game? I know we've talked about it, but I, that teaser video wasn't a lot, but it was no. just enough. It was to, enough to get me like, uh, and all these announcements of players like, "I'm in the game, I'm in the game." I'm like, "Yeah, you are, baby." Mm-hmm. Remember how everyone? Now listen, I'm a big proponent of NIL stuff, and I think players should be paid. But you know, remember when everyone was like, "Players are not going to want to participate in this thing." I mean, there might be a few, but come on, man. Like, everyone was so amped to be a part of this. So, let me ask you. You're a college football player. You get $600 and a copy of the game. Yeah. Is there any chance you're saying no to that? No. Why would you? Unless you are, I don't know, the Zion Williamson. Like, there isn't one of those in college football this year. I mean, Caleb Williams was the closest thing this past year. But But even him, like. But still, why would you say no? Maybe maybe they make you look fat. (laughs) <laughs> maybe they, I don't know, like maybe the game. Like saying no isn't going to get you more money. I get that if you're Caleb Williams, you're like, well, me by myself, I could get more. But like. It's not like you're going to release a competing game. No. Caleb Williams. That's what I'm 25. saying. This was the whole argument against us from the whole thing. Once you could do it, whatever amount you give them, the vast majority are going to say yes. Unless there's somebody out there who's just like philosophically opposed to the game. And if there is, I hope they don't have a great season because that's just wrong. But it's 600 bucks and a free video game that you're in. And for the vast majority of college football players, your career is going to end after college football. Like, you're not, most people don't go play in the NFL. So you, now at least you're going to have this souvenir forever that was free of yourself in a video game and 600 bucks. I would love $600 right now. I mean,. Podcast video game. <laughs> it uh, podcast the video game. Hit the edit button. Um, yeah, I will say that all of this I was like very excited, but also there's like a little bittersweet part of me that's like we waited eleven years for pausing this stuff, mm. like a significant yeah. part of my life that could have been resolved by six hundred bucks and everybody gets a copy well, of the game. 
by seven point six million dollars. Okay, but <laughs> EA as a company sure. is a sure, sure, sure. billion dollar company. Like, yeah, we couldn't have worked that out. Like, that's we really had to like go full eleven years of lawsuits and all this other stuff, and you couldn't just like pay people to be in the. I don't know, man. Like that that part bums me out. But you know what? I'm ex- I'm super excited. I would love to get somebody on the show that's like an expert on the game itself. I don't know if any of our fans would enjoy listening to that, but I would be interested in it. I would. The thing that I'm really pumped about, an EA spokesperson recently said, when asked, this was pressed by a reporter, hey, you figure this out for college football. How about college basketball? Oh, yeah. And the spokesperson said that uh, he wouldn't rule it out and went on to say, there was some conversation that happened. I think some of this was a little off the record that like it actually financially makes more sense because you're spending less. So uh, estimated, right? The cost for player licensing for the football game is $7.63 million. When you consider all of the scholarship players receiving $600 a piece, blah, 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 blah. For basketball, there are more schools, obviously, much significantly more, but way fewer scholarship players. If they were offered the same amount, just three point one seven million. This will be cheap to make. Let's do it. So they're they're not ruling it out. That game used to be pretty fun back in the day too. EA March Madness. Yeah. Oh yeah, it did. I, and the two K version of it was fun too. Um, absolutely. Now the market's a little different. The last March Madness title in two thousand nine only sold a little over one hundred fifty thousand copies, compared to NCAA fo- football fourteen which sold 1.5 million copies. So it's different, right? It just wasn't as successful of a business venture for them. But I just think now it's been so long and they could they could build on this and say, I, I don't know, I think there would be excitement. And so they technically said, you know, we have nothing to announce about future titles. We're delivering the most authentic college football experience possible, but they're not shutting the door on it. And that's that's the big news it's not really news but like it just it just got me thinking about it could you do something like 2k has done with adding the WNBA? you could have some women's college basketball stuff i mean mm-hmm. caitlin clark angel reese are big names yeah honestly maybe start there start with the women's game sure and then and then get back to the men's game can i just say if they do this if if college basketball eventually comes back with a video game here's what i want to do okay and maybe there's enough. I I don't know if there's enough people out there for our, in our saber in our. Everyone gets a team. Three hundred sixty-two. That would be great. Game. That would be great. Di- but what I really mode. want is you do a dynasty in football because that's going to come out first. Mm-hmm. Whatever school you do it in football, you got to do the same school in basketball. Ooh, interesting. Yeah, that's interesting. So I mean, obviously, there's basketball programs that don't have a football. Yeah. Thing, but Georgetown for both. <laughs> <laughs> Bring back Allen Iverson. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. It might be harder to win in basketball with that one, but <laughs> ooh, mm. rough. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm excited, man. I'm excited. Let's, uh, let's get this game out so that I can quit all other responsibilities in my life. Oh yeah, once this thing comes out, I cannot be more clear to the people in my life. I'm not doing anything. This other... podcast may be over by then, or like, it might just be us. We turn to a live stream of us playing. <laughs> we'll just move. I mean, we could do like a crowdsourced rebuild uva i'm just gonna do all mover blocker there's space for (laughs) hey man you're running up and down the court tony wouldn't have wanted that that way he wants to let's take the air out of the ball for 28 (laughs) seconds get a better shot 
There's space for content there when this, uh, you know. Oh, is, is that the end of the first quarter? Oh, no. That was, we're in the middle of the second half with six minutes to play. <laughs> it's 27 23. I'm playing the game the right way. Going to start keeping track of shot clock violations forced. <laughs> <laughs> I did yeah. it again, honey. You know what'll be great is uh, they get Corey Alexander in the game. Nope. Yeah, if they do that, I'm out. Now, let me explain to you what a stock is. Oh, <laughs> <It's> a, Jesus. <laughs> no. Oh, boy. The, the, I will say, favorite Corey Alexander thing from the Carolina game. Towards the end, he was talking about Armando Baycott being recruited by Virginia. Mm-hmm. And he said, he was like, you know, one of the one of the reasons he was considering Virginia was because of the training he was doing with me. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, buddy. Well, clearly it didn't work, so. Yeah, I don't it, think I. That's from a it's not the standpoint. it's not the own you think it is, man. But <laughs> cool. Anyway, anyway, we're gonna be watching UVA basketball at Devils Back Alone this Saturday in Charlottesville. Hope you can make it. Uh, games at six. Beer specials. Steal the pint. Steal anything else in the place that is not nailed down to the floor. Don't do that. Well, we'll we'll talk. Get a couple of Cuban sandwiches and then just like. Let's get crazy. Let's go ahead and win this game. Let's go beat Duke. Love that. I would love for us to beat Duke. You could print orange and blue shirts and say Duck Fook. Oh. Those are always my favorite. Mm. Oh, I just got that. (laughs) Oh, Jesus.